Hello, everyone. Hey, y'all. I'm Sterling Jones. I'm Ariel Kebble. And this is Spiritual Gasm. So, Sterling and I are two best friends who do everything together except each other. Welcome to the show, Welcome. Sheila Kelly Hi. and Richard Chef. Hello. So, 28 years yeah. ago, so when you guys met, did you know, like, was it one of those things you're like, oh, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you? No. No. <laughs> Talk about Jaguar. Look at a Jaguar hunting. There's no tension in that body. There's no fight flight. It's like, I'm going to get this little Impala. And the body moves like eloquent and fluid and beautiful and in grace. But we, as a global community, are out of grace in our bodies. big gulp. Coffee. Did you guys feel it? <laughs> yeah. You guys, it's 7 a.m. Of course that was a big gulp. That was, uh, But not actually a big gulp, just a big gulp from your From gulp. my coffee. Yeah, you make great coffee. Thank you. Um, I came over today and you had your candles lit. I have candles lit. And your, my oh, your morning mantra. Your morning, it sounded like a mantra. Oh, really? Yeah. No, it's just Spotify. Oh, well, Spotify does a great morning yeah, If you just type in uh, morning, it's called morning motivation. And it's pretty much how I get up every day. I love it. I start playing like chill music. I start checking my emails. Well, first I, before, let's just talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about your routine. Before my eyes open, I kind of like go through my gratitude list of like, I'm thankful that I woke up. I start there. That's huge. And then I, I give thanks for family, love, and then like basic stuff like my legs, my hands. And then my Crucial eyes. Crucial body parts. Yes. And then I kind of start to open my eyes. And then that's when the anxiety starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, I, and back to regular life. I start combating the anxiety at a of, very early hour. When do I check Instagram? <laughs> uh, no. Of like, oh, yeah, my life is crashing in on me as we speak. Why do but, you feel that way? I mean, I'm kind of joking, but I'm totally serious. Um, I always feel like my life is kind of <laughs> crashing in on me. That's why I smoke weed. Um, it helps out with that thought because it's actually not crashing in on me. But I feel like it is sometimes of like, oh my God, I'm 37. And like, where am I at? What am I doing? Am I doing enough to give back to this earth? Or am I just like a piece of shit that lives in like West Hollywood and lives this life of skipping through? Like... I just want to know. Whoa, that there were so many things you just said. I know. I'm well, okay. So let me just say this. Okay. I feel like if anyone's listening out there, there's someone else going, going me too. Because morning time yeah. is actually the highest, uh, is the most common time for high anxiety. Yeah. And it's actually the most common time for heart attacks as well. Jeez. Yeah. Because Debbie Downer over <laughs> here. <laughs> Should we do afternoon podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it's, it's, um, something we, it's real, it's real AF. And real? It's I love super how you real. say real. It's super That's real, Texas girl. That's you. I know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, so I have these things to combat the morning anxiety. Which are? Uh. Well, first, at what age do you think the morning anxiety started? Well, I'll tell you this. I had anxiety as a child, but I didn't know it was anxiety. I just Me thought, too. Yeah, I just thought it was like... I thought I was normal, but I thought I was weird. I, I mean, I thought anxiety was nor normal part of me, just who I am, but I was afraid to tell anyone because I just thought it meant I was weird. Right, right. But I actually, one night, I was having anxiety. I was like probably 
nine or 10. I didn't know, by the way, my dad was like, what's going on? And he came and talked to me and he like shared, he knew exactly what I was feeling. And he was like, yeah, I have, I had that too at your age. And, um, he, and I thought I would like grow out of it, <laughs> but, but it only got worse. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> You're like, no dad, I'm 37 and it's still here. Yeah. And, um, I basically, uh, realized I would say probably like around 23. I was like, Oh, that's anxieties. And someone's like, yeah, that's, I was like, I just thought that was like chest pains and like, <laughs> Fear. So you have like extreme, like you get chest pains and like, do you have trouble breathing? Yeah. With stomach, like it literally goes straight to my stomach like I'm about to barf. Really? Yeah. yeah. And and it's worse in the morning or worse like? Uh, Yeah. In the morning because it's like, it's affecting my subconscious. Like I don't even know what I have anxiety about before I even wake up sometimes. Like I just literally. Just about just, like facing the day. How's it going to go? What am I going to do? Well, I'm not even at that conscious level yet before I wake up. I'm literally just like this like burning stomach feeling. And it's just like, what is that feeling? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, what are you doing with your life today? Like, what are you going to do to help be a better person and make the world a better place? And you have all this privilege. You're a six foot one white guy with blue eyes. And <laughs> you're, you're like, are you using this vessel and yourself uh, well enough to um, whenever I do take my last breath, I won't have any regrets because that's what it really comes down to is like my last breath. Like, will I be at peace at that last breath? Like, yep, I fucking did it. And I'm proud of what I did. This or, is so intense. I know. Good morning. <laughs> um, um, okay, wait. Or will I be like, well, see you next time. <laughs> yeah, like, well, fuck. Did the best I could. Yeah, see that, you See you in a few years. That was, that's a fucking cat. <laughs> yeah, I swear my cat has been around. But, um, but, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, so I, because I know what you're saying sometimes. I, I, I feel like my anxieties are different than yours, but I definitely mornings are hard because I, I, I think I battle waking up, being excited about the day, being fresh, hopefully if I've gotten enough sleep. But then also all of a sudden, it's like for me, all my ideas rush in at once. So it's like all of a sudden I'm like making coffee, figuring out which meditation I'm going to do what I'm going to do after the meditation went like kind of the scheduling of the day, checking emails. It's like feeding the cat. Like it's kind of all happening at once. I think so for me, if I don't like really actively stay calm and do one thing at a time, I think my danger zone is like if I wake up and try to do more than one thing at a time, cause I'm a great multitasker. Um, then I all of a sudden get like overloaded and then I'm like, Oh, I'm fucked for the day. How do I like calm down from this place? But if I, yeah, you do, it, have, you do do that. That's correct. Cause sometimes I'll call you and be like, what are you doing? You're like, Oh, I, I just need a minute to decompress. Let's go have Cause fun. I've like already have like 20 things on my list of things <laughs> to do. But if I wake up and literally like, don't check my phone, get my coffee, feed my cat, sit my ass down and meditate then um, I remember that moment throughout the day. Yeah. And then at any point that I feel overwhelmed, I can just like go back to that moment, even if it's for 30 seconds and just like literally sit 
quietly and breathe. And most of the time I realize I'm not even taking deep breaths. Like that's the other thing is I, I think for me to just focus on actually taking deep breaths that fully go in and fully go out. And it sounds so simple, but that can be hard for me sometimes. And when I just sit and focus on that, it's like all of a sudden there's room for everything. Else. Like if there's room for a full breath, there's like room for everything else. Right. That's really nice. There's the metaphor <laughs> for the day. Yeah. Um, your anxiety is like a really cute, feels like, like almost like a privileged anxiety, if you will, because it's like you have so much juggling because you have so much gifts going on. You're just juggling gifts all day, I feel like. Like, oh, this movie here. Oh, this TV show here. Oh, whoops, just got another TV show. Oh, whoops. Oh, my, you know. So what would you say to someone who's listening who's like, girl, if I had that kind of anxiety, like, I would enjoy it. Because in part of me, like, I would, I wish I had three TV shows that I was juggling and six (laughs) movies and that. Um, well, not disqualifying your anxiety. I'm just giving you an opportunity to. No, I hear you. I think, I think on, I mean, I could say the same thing to like, you know, Richard Branson. I could be like, well, I wish I had your level of anxiety. I don't know. He has anxiety. I'm just using his, hi, Richard. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know. But I'm just saying, I think on every level, like we always want more in a way that like keeps us going. But, um, that's not, I mean, that's one level of it, but there's also like a lot of self work that I do. I often think like, Oh, I'm not good enough for this. Or how do I do this? Or how is my family doing? How is my sister doing? What's going to happen today? Okay. I can't go in the future. Like, is she going to be okay? Okay. Like, you know, um, it's not, I mean, I, I guess I was talking more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was talking about, work because that that's where you it's are right busy. now it's yeah. it's i wake up and it's automatically busy but um in my personal life and you know dating is tough and exciting but being in and out of relationships it's a lot to juggle so i think that um i don't know i kind of just feel like at this point like the the feeling of like not enough or nervousness about this or how is this going to work out or like how am I going to get through my emotions with my family so that I can like support them. I almost just feel like those are like just fucking normal. (laughs) Like I feel like even if someone listening, even if their family is different than mine, we all know what it's like to be frustrated with family, to be scared, to love them so much that you're scared to lose them or, you know, and we all have to like find our way with letting go and how we like, how we do self care in the process. Yeah. Well, I like that. I, I, I think a lot of like recent anxiety, I would say like, I have a, a lot of anxiety tied to, um, not, I wouldn't say image, but more like insecurities. I don't know if I have, ins- I feel like my insecurities like are expiring. Like anything that I ever. That's used- hot. Yeah. Like everything that I used to kind of like have any sort of insecurity about it, like one drops off a day. And I think that just comes with age maybe. But 
I mean, I used to not like my moles. Like, I'm covered in moles. And if anybody ever wants to Google image me, you'll see moles. That's so funny because you have an Instagram picture of you with your shirt off and you look so hot. And you're telling people, you're like showing off your moles, which I, I love. One day I was so like... So you decided to embrace it? Yeah. And that sounds so stupid. Like, how do you embrace? Like, how do you embrace something, right? Well, it wasn't that I was like, oh, I embrace it. I was like... That's so cool that my skin is like spotted with these dark spots. Like I'm different than like someone next to me who's like smooth dolphin skin. <laughs> you know, like I have black little spots all over my body from head to toe, literally from my foot to the top. It, on my scalp, I have freckles and moles. And um, I, I, I would say thousands. And I'm, my skin is spotted. And it just kind of hit You're, me like, that's so cool. Yeah, you're like a giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, a really I, beautiful get, giraffe. I got made fun of in school for it. Really? Like, oh, yeah. People were like, what's on your... Why do you have moles all over your body? And wow. then Austin Powers came out, and there were, people were like, moly, 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 moly. Moly, 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 moly. And then, like, now it's just like, that... I fucking love my moles. I love that. Yeah. So how long did it take you to embrace it? And then I'll talk about... I think I was around like probably 30 when I realized like it wasn't that I didn't care about them like around like 16. Like that's when I was just like... I don't. That's I, a big deal because that's high school. That's yeah. I feel like the scariest time. High school is so brutal. Oh my God. Yeah. I kind of had a, a good high school though. Ugh, like, I left high school. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I just pictured you like in a truck just spinning out <laughs> and like it's your hair blowing. Like, Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> you left high school? Yeah. And then you homeschooled yourself? No, no, no. I graduated early. I graduated, but I left my public school and put myself at like 15 and put myself in a private performing arts school where I could focus on acting and graduate early and move to LA. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that is something to applaud. Well, <laughs> I don't know. That's for a different day. Because that high school was actually really rough. I thought we were about to get a story about like you had some shit that was coming <laughs> at you. I had a great run. I had a great freshman year. Come sophomore year, I was just like, I'm out of here. I want to act. I want to focus on that. This is all bullshit. And that's what I did. I turned. I had a few best guy friends. I turned to my butts. I was like, hey, guys, this is my last day. And they're like, huh? And I was like, I'm just over it. I'm going to go to the other school and do my thing. So insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of had a different high school. My sister was a senior when I was a freshman and she was really popular. And um, so I automatically had this like built in group of seniors who were like not mean to me and actually kind of like were cool with me. You're so lucky. I know. I, I was so lucky. And then so that kind of just like. The seniors were cool with me freshman year because I was cool and I was like fresh meat. Yeah. Yeah. But then sophomore year. Nope. Yeah. I mean, the whole time that I was in high school, I was just kind of like, okay, let's not let anyone know that I'm really fucking gay. And so, Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, when did you come out? Oh, not till my fresh, freshman year of college. And when did you know you were gay? When I was like two. Whoa. Yeah. Do you think your anxiety when you were nine was about be being gay? Yes. Did your dad know that at the time? No. No, I think that I had a fear of abandonment because I knew my secret. And I always, as like a little nine-year-old kid, um, I feared that once my family or friends found out that I was gay, that I, they would leave me. 
that I would be abandoned. <laughs> I know. It crazy, right? My heart. I know. And so I had to like keep it all within me. And uh, so it was just your body didn't know what to do with my, all these emotions. It was just like this. Yeah, it, it was, was like just this, fighting like, itself. Yeah. Like it was like, I mean, I would sometimes puke. And my, really? Yeah. And um, uh, what age? Like starting at like eight. Ugh. Because I because didn't even know, I, and I thought it was like a vi- like I thought I had like a virus. Like my mom would be like, "Well, we better get some. You must have. You have to take the gay shots." <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. She thought it was like something like. Oh, because you were puking. Yeah, like I, I thought mentally you were like, "There's something wrong with me. I have no, a virus. I like boys." <laughs> no, I had no God, no. I, I, I thought, I thought from a very young age that I was going to burn in hell because that's what I oh. was taught. Not by my parents, but just like Let by the town you, I grew up in. Like, Do you think that when you were that age, was there things on TV and film that you watched that helped make it okay? Or nothing. 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 I've never, I, I never saw, I, not a gay character until I think the Will and Grace was the first time I walked wow. in. I think it was like a junior in high school. And I walked in the living room and my parents were wa- dying laughing at this TV show. And I was like, what are y'all watching? And they're just like, this show is it's the so good. show. It's so good. I'm so happy it's back. <laughs> um, so. And that was the first moment I was like, holy shit, I might get to like live a normal life. Yeah. Here's my parents laughing at what I thought I was going to be abandoned for. Um, but this wasn't until I think, I, yeah, so I was like 17 when Will and Grace was on. Because I wonder, like thank god there there are more gay characters now and and even not enough not enough yeah yeah. but (laughs) even trans and you know the conversation although it's it's expanded it's we're still in the beginning stages but it's definitely expanded and like i as you were talking i was picturing like an eight or nine year old now and having to wake up and go to school and wondering got it made (laughs) those little gay eight-year-old and nine-year-olds now like they're just it's just such a beautiful world compared to what what it used to be and i think my gay forefathers for that because i mean i guess i'm doing my part as well but like my nieces and nephews i mean in podunk redneck texas where i grew up um there's kids that are out at like you know 12 13 years old they're out wow like they wear their little gay flags on their backpacks and stuff like that and they're you know there's just nothing they don't care anymore so it's a whole different world and i'm so thankful for that because it what it ultimately equates to is less suicide and less kids dying because i never had suicidal thoughts but i was the lucky ones because i had i had two parents that even though they didn't know what was going on with me they just hugged me and showered me with love every day, all day. Mm. And they were, I think I said once, you know, like they were unknowingly kind of healing my wounds that from a terrible school day where it was like either me getting called a fag or it was like me just kind of like living in with my own anxiety of, of I'm going to burn in hell. Cause that's what I thought existed. I literally pictured this burn in hell. hell. Wait, wasn't that from a movie or something? <laughs> burn in hell. <laughs> I'm gonna make it one. Well, it is now. Okay. Um, we have an exciting show today. Oh my god, we're just now getting Sheila, Kelly, and Richard Chef. Uh, they're gonna be on the show soon. I have not they're met them. They're fucking amazing. I'm they're a married so couple. I cannot wait to. We're lucky enough to have them both on today. Together. Together. So um, sharing one mic. 
<laughs> yeah, that's how we do it in our fancy podcast. They're going to share a mic. And uh, and share stories. Probably not the first time they've shared a mic, wouldn't you say? I'd say they'd shared a few more things. They have two kids. <laughs> and we're going to get into all that. So stay tuned. We're switching gears. We're going from spiritual to sexual real quick. But I, f- I feel like they're going to they're gonna teach us... Um, some sexual things. Some sexual things and long- about longevity, perhaps. Like, they've been married for 30-something years, I think. Yeah, um, I'm excited. So I can't wait to have them on. Welcome to the show, Welcome. Sheila Kelly Hi. and Richard Chef. Hello. As uh, you can tell, these amazing people, we just dive right in. We're in their beautiful home in Hancock Park. Mm-hmm. And there are, I'm just going to jump in right away. For a lot of people that aren't familiar with Sheila Kelly, uh, she is the head of, an inventor creator of, of creator of S Factor. S Factor. What is S Factor? S Factor. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, S for the, for the shape of a woman's body. Yeah. Also, also, Sheila. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> but a little Just bit. an S is the number, the best number in the alphabet, because it has the best words. It's my favorite letter it, it, in the alphabet. I love that she said the best number I in the alphabet. I wasn't going to call I, her I out. Leave her alone. <laughs> I just uh, you know what? Now fell I know more in love with her for some <laughs> silly reason. It is my favorite number as well. Uh, that was is your favorite letter seven? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you know that? Guys, it's early. It's, it's early. so fucking early. No yeah. one starts work before 10 in LA whenever, and we're here at 9.30. Whenever so. somebody challenges me about numbers, I'm going to go do the grammar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Richard Schiff, everybody. Um, Richard uh, is one of the best actors of all time. Amazing you've, actor. You've seen him on every show. Um, what do you mean one of? No, oh <laughs> shit! I gotta go. That was uh, that was that was way above the call to call me one of the best of all time. But I appreciate that. No, of course you've seen him in everything. Most recently on The Good Doctor, you and I had the pleasure of working together on Ballers. Yes, which was very cool. We didn't have a lot of scenes together though, but we were on set together. Is that how you guys met? We, uh, Is we, that how we met? No, we met. Um, uh, I, I I hitched a ride in your oh, taxi cab. Right. Well, that's not. But yeah, but for ballers. Have we met before that? No. So we were in Miami for ballers, and we Epic all stayed hotel. at the same hotel, the right. Epic. And we were all going to see Rob Corddry's movie. That's what it was. Yes. And uh, and did I? But we knew that we each of us was on. We're the on show. the show. We're so I think we show. recognized each other. And, and then I the, had all these uh, girlfriends in town. It was my thirtieth birthday. She had seventeen mm. girlfriends in a cab, and yeah. I asked if I could join. <laughs> I'm proud of you for a ride. I'm proud of him. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. And uh, uh, it was very. Uh, it was very. I, mean, I don't normally do that. I would walk normally before I would ask. Someone Someone for a ride. Well, it was South Beach. That'd be a far walk. It was a four-hour walk. <laughs> yeah. and I doubt there was any alcohol involved at this point, right? No, it actually was like two in the afternoon. Oh. We were seeing a matinee. Um, what what I don't think anyone knew at the time on set was I was actually going through a horrible breakup, which is why all my girlfriends were there. Ugh. Um, and my sister, because it was like I was my 30th birthday and I just didn't know what to do with myself. But that's 
And a conversation for a different day. And my question That's is, where, we met. where was Sterling? We hadn't met yet. We hadn't? Because I had came to your baller premiere with oh. at your Malibu house. Oh, right. So we, I, we, I think we, I think we see when we met, don't feel left out, Sterling. I'm always left out, but I feel your energy, Sheila, is very, uh, like I feel very open and vulnerable with you. Like, do you experience that a lot? Like, you just for some reason, your energy, like, literally came right in and opened me up and said, no rules, no nothing, let's just talk. Like, that yeah. just happens to you at all times, all the time. Yeah, because I, I just, I love people. I'm so fascinated by people. I said, let's let's have a surface talk for a minute. And you said, well, that will be silence. It's <laughs> yeah. a great quote. Yeah. But that's what this that's what I think our lunch. I'm just fascinated by this creature. 28 years together, and I'm just like, I keep 28 years? Yeah. Wow. And it's like every day is new. Is there anything you guys don't know about each other? Everything. Wow. He knows nothing about me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, let's play a game. What do you know about oh, Sheila? Please ask him. <laughs> hmm. Uh oh, you're saying so much with your eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, I shouldn't need to speak at all. Yeah, but this is a it's podcast. A radio show. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, wait, what's radio? It's, radio. it's, it's podcast. I, it's, it's pod podcasts show. Podcasts are like their modern day radio show. Yeah, I think it's a radio show. Yeah, yeah wow. it's just like talking. It's yeah. Just words. Yeah. <sighs> Wow, I mean, my armpits are sweating. I'm sweating. This is a great, this is fun. So 28 years yeah. ago, yeah. you guys said, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. No, 30. It, was, it took a while. So she, you've been uh, together for 35 years. I was as old as our daughter is now when I met him, which blows me away. So when you guys met, did you know, like, was it one of those things you're like, oh, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you? No. No. <laughs> it's a kind of a complicated, uh, long story, which I'll try to shorten. We first met, uh, I first met her photograph. She was plastered on the wall of my photographer friend's studio on 28th Street in New York. And I go, you're obsessed with this girl. And she's amazing. She's beautiful. Oh, my God. And she's an actress. She was a ballerina, but she got hurt. Now she's an actress, and you should audition her for your next play. And I was directing, and I'm on theater company back then. So I went, okay. And she came in and auditioned, and I was immediately fascinated by her, but we could not really communicate very well. In other words, she was a very young actress, and I was a director who didn't know what he was doing. What's the age difference? Can so, I ask that? Um, 46 years. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I'm not going to correct him because it makes me just, you know, uh, like 20. And so... Um, we, we, uh, we just kept kind of... But, but there was a callback which happened to be in my apartment. Oh, of course. And, um, what, uh, what? You already know what's coming. Before, this I, this before is before the, the move. Yeah. You already know what's coming. Yeah, it was before Wait, the, what decade before is this? Me Too. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for me, it was the 80s, and for Sheila, it was the 90s. Okay. <laughs> um, and so. And if you know the alphabet, <laughs> you can. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I did the grammar. Yeah. And so. Uh, uh, and we did this thing in the in the apartment because the photograph was fascinating because one eye was so completely different than the other eye, which uh, and I kept I'm, I'm just so you know years later. And I she still, doesn't have a lazy eye, everyone. So. I still had. She's not Sarah um, Huckabee, and uh, so we we are. Okay. Ouch. <laughs> we are. Um, uh, no, she's not. I said. Okay. Yeah. I did this in the. I said it was. It's amazing. One eye is completely. 
different than the other, which still exists. And she thought I was coming on to her. Okay, can, can we just... That's a total come on. Thank that you! Yeah. Oh, I feel so vindicated. Yeah. Can, I just say that, yeah. can I just say that... Yeah, dude, you... Hands you up to her you had, yeah, after the audition, can I just say, after the scene was done. Wait a done. second, wait a second. If it had been a come on, we would have had sex. No. What's... Where's the kiss first? The, I mean, I can't even... I think you were subconsciously... Boner city at that moment. But he was, and I was in Sub- a relationship <laughs> subconsciously, yeah. and yeah. we weren't together, and we didn't get together till another five, six years. Well, do you want me to tell the story, or do you want you to jump, jump ahead? <laughs> she can jump ahead and just skip all the details, which is fine. So, um, uh, uh, somebody else got the um, got the role. They later did a movie together and became very good friends. And uh, we uh, uh, kind of uh, were acquaintances somehow, and I kept her. I would throw out all the pictures of these actors, and I would always keep find hers in the in the in the mess of my apartment, and I'd always keep it. You know, Aww. something something interesting was happening, and then I found myself helping her with her NYU film. So I was in on nineties. I was on the uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and and. Uh, Carrying equipment on her First Avenue apartment in the East Village and going downstairs, and her, her boyfriend at the time was uh, smoking cigars and watching the Knicks, and you know I tried to pretend to bond with him, and um, uh, so we were acquaintances, and I would see her at this photographer's uh, studio every now and then, and then I ended up fall, um, going to Minneapolis and searching for other places to do theater, and fell for another woman. Mm. And it was a quiet, kind of secret thing. Only the photographer knew about this. And so Sheila found out about it, apparently. So I run into her on the street, and she goes, I hear you fell in love with someone. And I went, yeah. And she goes, I want to meet her. Whoa. So someone who's completely... That is so ballsy. I want to meet her. Yeah, because this she's, on pretending, the she's pretending now that we were just friends, but we really weren't friends. We were acquaintances. Even though you just had that one hand in front of her eye right. moment, it I was wanna, an electrifying I moment. Her. I want to meet her. So she doesn't know it even to this day, but there's some deeper reason why she needed to meet this woman. And so uh, the first person that uh, this woman named Cheryl met in New York was Sheila at the Chelsea Commons for brunch in the courtyard. Nice. And unbeknownst to the three of us, I was having brunch with the two women I would marry. Whoa. So I married Cheryl. It was very brief, uh, six months in fact, but v- phenomenal for the both of us because it was like this hurricane that spun us off in the directions where we were supposed to go. In many ways, that's a soulmate, is someone who isn't necessarily your best friend, but someone who changes you. And points you in the direction. That was my, that was, uh, so, and we actually um, uh, saw her recently, all the whole family in Montana, and blah, blah, wow. blah. So uh, that was, and then Sheila, I found out, was in movies and in TV shows because I would see her. On, yeah, on screen her. or in uh, events? Uh, first I went and saw her in a couple of plays in New York, so we were staying in touch, and then the next thing I know... Um, you know, I'm I'm despondent and alone in New York because this marriage didn't work, and uh, she, I see her on TV kissing Timmy Busfield in Thirty Something and the nineties. I called her apartment, and the boyfriend answered, and Sheila has moved to Los Angeles, and so then so you know, so I forgot about it kind of, 
Then years later, I, I, was, I moved to L.A., and I did my first film and went to Tucson. I was broke. I went to the accountant because I needed money to eat. And it was my friend from Colorado, uh, Karen, who was friends with the photographer, right? Mm. And we're talking this about... This photographer this is how, very... This is how, this is how I, I, I met him in Colorado when I lived there. So we're talking, talking about all the people in Colorado. And then she goes, you know, Sheila's in L.A., I go, Sheila who? Sheila Kelly? She goes, yeah, how do you know Sheila Kelly? Sheila's my best friend. That's how the photographer, Pite, that's how photographer, so we all connected up. So I said, well, we have to get together. So we went to Musso and Frank's, and we had brunch about two months later. And she was blowing away smoke from my cigarette and said, uh, you're really cute. And uh, from that, I, I assumed that she, A, wanted me badly and B was going to marry me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So okay. Well, yeah. you said she said. That's the story. That's his story. It's his story. Yeah. That's his story. And he's sticking to it. Was there any part of like, I mean, 28 years of marriage, 35 years together. Is there like in the beginning, were there parts where like, oh, this is definitely, he's not the one. Like, oh, uh, up until the last five, four or five years. <laughs> Two. Just like up until yesterday. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I feel like I'm super intuitive and yeah. like sometimes I dismiss guys right away because yeah. I feel like I can see the future so yes. well. And I, the reason I think that is because I'm usually right yeah. about everything. Yeah. And um, so I just wonder like for a person like me, should I completely disregard that voice sometimes of like just canceling out someone 100% okay because I'll tell you so that was his story my story is is that I went to this guy's apartment to audition for a callback did the scene and then he started coming on to me and I was like this is freaking me out this is really weird because it was like he would get really close like you know your eyes are oh this is really (laughs) her hand is over my eye thank you it feels nice yeah Oh, and Rich, Richard is watching so this. So vulnerable yeah. and big and open. My blue and eyes are walking with her blue eyes. I don't talk like that ever. Closer and closer. Just so you know, I don't talk like that ever. Here's the thing there's <laughs> never, a lot of ever chemistry between like us. I felt that energy. Wait, right did there. you feel it? Yeah. You Woo. felt it. Woo! Damn. Here's the thing. I am straight. I- Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. He had a, okay, it's so fascinating to me. So I was freaked out and totally constricted, pulled back my body, my whole everything. And like, okay, this guy's really intense. This guy's so fucking dark and weird and intense and he smokes and he's, uh, he's dark. I, I, uh, so, I mean, not in a bad way, but just in an erotic way. Right. Like, he was being Sound, like, sounded bad. So hot. <laughs> so super hot. Sounded bad. In a loving was, way. Listen, Sterling, it was because I learned later from this practice called S Factor. That I what was what I was what I was scared of in him was my own darkness. Ah, you're projecting. If I was feeling his darkness, going okay, this ugh, I don't have any of that. And so for however many years, you know, we were we were we we, we were acquaintances for five years, and then we were friends, and then we became lovers, and then babies. So you you asked us. How, you know, did we have this? Uh, we had, I'm not kidding when I say up until about, I'd say seven years ago, six years ago. 
I don't remember. <laughs> About six years ago, it was like this. Yeah. It was dramatic. It was intense. It was. No, we were we were going to split up, but there was uh, many many times. But there, even after kids, but there was uh, there was a chemical um, connection. I don't like to use that word because it's kind of overused. But yeah. there was some kind of energy between us that was not erotic attraction. That was not uh, deniable. And letting you and, go. And and we tried to break up. I tried to break up with her. She tried to break up with me. And something would always bring us, bring us back. And um, you know, it was uh, er- erotically connected. Um, but you're shy. You're shy. I don't like talking about this stuff. I know. Um, really? I love it. Wait, I love wait. to have him on the show because like, we can talk about wait, sex. Wait, you're like doing it, but yeah, I don't he does. like. He's very shy. Yeah. Well, you're 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 talking great right now. Yeah. So I no, Sterling, you, you, you know that your one eye no, is no. fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my my, my, my name does start with the number S. So yeah. it's like Whoa, there's a lot of connections here. here. Third wife. So I was online the other day surfing, and an ad for Viagra popped up. Not that I need it yet. Not that I need it yet. But I just thought it's so easy to get Viagra because this is a man's world, which is BS. But I realized, wait, I feel like birth control should be as easy for women. Am I right? I mean, obviously. Birth control is a basic part of women's health care, and that's why Simple Health is so great. It's a company that aims to make it easy and possible for women to fulfill basic health care needs, regardless of income, location, or insurance access. That is huge. It's incredible that Simple Health puts women in control of their own health in a world where women's health policy is dictated by legislators and insurance plans. Preach. And 63% of their overall team is female, including 60% of their engineering team. A huge feat in a male-dominated industry. And we love diversity in the workplace, women power. We're all about it here. You can use insurance with Simple Health, and birth control is free with most insurance plans. Without insurance, pills start at $15 a month, and delivery is free for everyone. I mean, it's a win-win situation. Yes, it is, Ariel. And here's how it works. Go to simplehealth.com slash spiritual and fill out an online health profile with your medical history, conditions, and birth control preferences. Whether you already know the exact brand you want or need something to skip periods and manage acne, Simple Health has got you covered. A licensed doctor will review your information, determine if you're a good candidate for birth control, and write you a prescription for the right method. Whether it's a pill, patch, or a ring, then your birth control ships to your door for free on a reoccurring schedule. So you never have to worry about forgetting a refill or missing a pill again. So don't miss your chance to try Simple Health for free with our code by going to simplehealth.com spiritual or entering code spiritual at checkout. That's simplehealth.com spiritual or enter code spiritual at checkout. Hey, Ariel. Oh, hey, Sterling. 
We love fashion, don't we? And we love the environment here on Spiritualgasm. We love them both. Yes, we do. So obviously, we're getting the latest styles from Everlane. Did you know that in 2018, Everlane made a commitment to eliminate all virgin plastics from their supply chain by 2021? I love that so much. And I have to say, all the things I've gotten from Everlane are really, really cute. Like I have this cashmere sweater and it's freezing in New York right now. So I've been wearing it all the time and it's comfy and cute and chic. And I love that they only make premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups. Um, I have a cashmere sweater too that I wear. Well, actually I don't get to wear it because I live in Los Angeles right now where it's 90 degrees, but I got a cashmere sweater, a black leather jacket and a backpack and I look super cute in my air conditioned apartment. But... No matter your style, I bet or you your, do. <laughs> I do, I do. No matter your style or your preference, Everlane's clothes look better, cost less, and last longer. That's because Everlane sells directly to you. Their prices are thirty to fifty percent lower than traditional retailers. Yes, they are. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash spiritualgasm. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash spiritualgasm. everlane.com slash spiritualgasm. So I am fascinated by the two of you individually, but also as a couple. So I know you through S Factor and I've always been intrigued by S Factor, but finally got the guts to do it when I was going through this breakup I was talking about. Mm. Four years ago. Four years ago, because thanks. (laughs) He knows my life. That's when we met. Yeah, he met. Yeah, we met right during the breakup. Um, You're a wounded little bird. (laughs) Yeah. Uh But S Factor yes. like was one of the things that helped get me back in my body, yeah. and it was I, I found it so fascinating that like in the first hour of the cl- of this two hour class, you literally just spend stretching and touching yourself. And I said like I thought to myself like so often, how many times we go through our days without taking the time to just simply mm-hmm. like touch our bodies? Yeah. And what a beautiful gift it is to just feel our own bodies. Oh, huge! And it, it just it it. It, it gave me something to go out in the world with where I felt like strong again during this really vulnerable time. Yeah, powerful. It's, yeah. It, it touch, and it's not, okay, I'm just, it's not just stretching and touching. It's, it's finding the undulation, the organic undulation of the feminine body, which creates flow and electrical pulses through the body. But it's, it, the feminine body's stuck. The feminine body is stuck. It's, it's stuck in rigidity and masculine movement. So what that, that hour of un, finding the undulation and the unlocking the stuck, it is stunning. People come to class, they cannot even do a hip circle. They cannot even do a, a, a belly roll, a spine roll. Because it's terrifying at first. It's terrifying, but also their bodies are locked and stuck. Yeah. So when you unlock your feminine body, your genius flows through the energy like 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 these sound waves are flowing through the air. If you don't have that, you're these you can't even listen to this podcast if the waves don't come over to you. And it's the same way with feminine energy. Mm-hmm. So you start to unlock that feminine energy and self-touch is a part of it because self-touch is a part of healing, but you just look at any animal in the wild kingdom. They're always what? licking themselves. What? Well, let me tell you something. My cat is in heat right now, and I have never seen anything sexier in my life. Right. I was like, girl! Ah. She's like rolling around. She's like, wow! 
Like, I'm like, I wish I could fuck you. I'm sorry. She literally I'm looked so through her apartment sorry. to penetrate something for her cat. I, was like, I'm I wish you. I could for you. She, I've never seen anything more horny in my life, but it's very, it's, it's, it's incredible a, to watch. Well, because animals tell the truth. It's a Animal, incredible to watch. Right? But then Richard... Not only are you an amazing actor, but what I've learned, so we we met on Ballers, but that was a hard time for me, and I was so grateful that you were there because I felt like you were someone I could talk to about making really tough business decisions, but from almost like a, from a place of like personal integrity, and and. I found it, I felt like it's not very often that someone can like read energy and human behavior, especially in our world of acting, even though that's kind of doesn't make oxymoron because what we do for a living is play people. But so often people don't really read energy. It's like too scary for them. And I, you are someone who, who does. And so I want to talk about like, the did you know that did you know that you read energy yeah i'm asking him <laughs> yeah i know i wouldn't i wouldn't have put it that way but i read behavior is the way i mm-hmm. i kind of think about it it's brilliant at it and um yeah i mean i just never you deduce from behavior what people are thinking or feeling um i don't know if i can go that far but um i certainly feel it uh, uh something there are moments that happen you know, that are tells. If I was playing poker, I would know that someone was lying or someone wasn't telling the truth, whether it was they were hiding something or they were trying to deceive or whatever it is. And you can, I think it partly comes from growing up in New York and, and reading danger, you know, because mm. you're, you know, I, I was a kid that got into a lot of fights and lost almost all of them. So after a while, I started to read the danger. You read if a fist danger was coming towards your face. Danger. <laughs> danger. No, exactly. And yeah. and so you, I think that's part of... Mm, I, I think you're playing yourself down. You read more than danger. I, I mean, no, I, I'm not saying I read only danger, but I think that's where it started. I don't know. But uh, I also think it comes from people that are inherently uh, miserable. Wow. I was I like, like you're going to say enlightened. <laughs> no, well, I think enlightenment comes from searching for something, right? And I think the people that um, are questioning the most when they're young are the people that are unhappy. And I'm guessing because it was the reason why I was always questioning. I always uh, nothing made sense to me because whatever was happening around me was making me unhappy. So uh, I'm guessing that some of that came from. From then, or maybe I'm just Buddha and don't know it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think I'm the Messiah, so <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, Once totally. again, well, the eyes, totally. you can tell from the eyes. <laughs> yeah. So should we, I kind of want to play a game. I want them, like, each to read both of us. Is that weird? No, let's do it. I mean. Is that weird? Is that weird? No. Can we do that? Go for it. And by read, what do you mean? Like, just, like, body language. Like, I want to heal I want to hear the male, yeah. male perspective sure. on like each of us. Yeah. All right. Okay. God, I automatically just closed up. I see that. Yeah. Energy well, just went like that. Yeah. But how like, did you know that? I'm fully aware of my like, energy. Where'd like, where did you feel it? Right here. Like I just, I was like, and eh, we're gonna do this. Like Which, that. So it came Wait. right into your chest. And yes. the reason I to ask you because <laughs> I don't think I think I think we need to take this mo- this woohoo woohoo thing down into the body. Like what happens in the body. And so when you say my energy shut off, I think it's really fascinating because some people's energy shuts off between their legs. Oh. Some, some people's energy shuts off on their back and yours came right in the middle of your chest. 
Yes. Well, here's here's, here's a serious example of that, and it, it was I was with a woman many years ago who, um, as it turns out, she didn't remember it had been abused as a very young girl, and after we kind of became a thing, the sexuality kind of shut down mm-hmm. to the point when we were like lying in bed together and we were just, you know, touching, which was a comfortable thing, and which she enjoyed. As soon as my hand went down past a certain point, the muscles would f- literally contract and freeze, um, and she was she wasn't even aware of it. Mm. And later on, she found out. Wow. She a memory came. I don't know if it was through therapy or something, and then the whole world of that abuse opened up to her, and and so on. She didn't know it at the time, wow. so it was really interesting how the the body was protecting itself. <clears throat> Yeah, the body remembers things, the mind yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm like super into somatic body healing, which oh, is... Oh, you should come uh, back to us. Yeah. Because yeah, well, it's just all about... Uh, there's that S word, somatic body. Somatic. Before yeah. that S word, if you want me to read you, you got very vulnerable there for half a second. Which part? Which part of your body? No, no. <laughs> which part did I get vulnerable? When I, Just after I was talking about uh, the abuse and yeah. so on, and you got very soft and... Um, and uh, then S factor jumped you out of it. Yeah, a little bit. It's a safety, like safety. Do I need to stand up? Yeah. Okay. You need to do more than stand up. Oh man. Okay. Um, what I saw um, um, uh, initially was uh, a very rigid body and almost um, a cartoon head on top of it. <laughs> Bet you never heard that before. No. Because but it, it had this right. big, big smile, big nervous smile, wanting to be ready. And uh, and and a very athletically rigid uh, uh, body, um, stealing up for whatever the experience was going to be. Sure. So similar to what Sheila saw, and um, uh, and then as you started to relax, you reminded me of uh, of um, uh, Kevin Durant. Have you been watching basketball? Whoa! Because you know why, Kevin Durant, when he uh, is at the foul line. You know, and this guy's seven feet, you know, 240, whatever, one of the great athletes in the world. And they are obviously always working out and really strong. But when he gets to the foul line, he does this. He just does. Like a small twitch in the shoulder. He just loosens. He just loosens right before he has to perform a shot. He has to. So he he gets his body. No, it's this. It's a little shake he does. It's not just this shoulder. Just a little shake. And, uh. I love that, and you can see um, Stephon Curry after a shot. He does a little jimmy, and it's Stephon Curry literally walks in between plays. You know, when there's a timeout, walks like a jaguar would walk when he's not hunting. It's just this like lazy, you know. Un, there's no energy expended, and they save all the energy. It's so relaxed until they have to explode. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And it's almost like your body wants to jettison itself into some kind of movement, but was really uh, was uh, you know at first glance very tight. I feel I feel better now. Yeah. Yeah. Softer. Um, there's something yeah, much about, softer. There's something about uh, the preparation. There's something about bodybuilding which can make can make the body really tight. And if it's not accompanied by you know yoga and stretching and all those things and movement and um, so I do like a lot of Kundalini yoga because it's a lot of spinal flex and a lot of all that stuff yeah. and 
and she gets me to dance once every seven years. That Ooh. stuff is that stuff is really helpful to complement the, the 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 strengthening and the building of the body and all that. I love that. Yeah. I know in the gay community, I think the body is very important, right? Yeah, it's basically how it's you live or die. If you live or die based on your biceps. Yeah, pretty Which much. Is so well, hard. I actually got that. I said to you that one night when we were walking through a club. I was like, it must be really hard. I feel more like looked at in a gay club and and like from head to toe than in a straight club. You guys have to deal with a lot. Really? Yeah. You you get looked at more. At a, at a gay club. Well, I was, I, and I think also I was watching you get. Not in a lust way, right? Yeah, not in a lust way. Just more like, like a. Like a coveted way. Like I yeah. want those pearls. Yeah, because everywhere yeah. she gets stopped. Like she gets the award like seven times a night. Like yeah. you're the prettiest girl here. My favorite is princess. <laughs> but anyways. No, but I said, I think we're in Palm Springs. And I was like, wow, I just got a flash of like how. there's a lot of body image stuff. Yes. And I was like, whoa, like I actually don't feel that at a straight club. At a straight club, I feel like protect yourself, protect myself, you know, but I don't feel the like body image thing. And at a gay club, I feel more safe to be free and dance, but I'm like, whoa, this body image thing, like everyone's looking at everyone in a a very like almost superficial way at first. It's a lot. Yeah, Mm. yeah. it's a lot. Um, But anyways, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel like I, I feel more relaxed. I feel almost not lethargic, but just kind of like I lost not, I didn't lose any energy. I just kind of feel like it, all my energy is just kind of like laying now opposed to just like, yeah. um, it's almost how like when you sit back down, you weren't really gathering your thoughts that well. And so now <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in that position. I wasn't. Well, it was a little jumbly. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But oh, it was—you could I'm tell, like, like we had an experience. So moving and uh, yeah, I feel amazing. No, yeah, I feel like I just like meditated. Cause yeah, I, that's I how I feel. Like I feel like I meditated. My body, <laughs> right? You know, there's a, yeah, um, it's amazing. There's a um, there's a way in which uh, uh, moment to moments in acting and theater and film, but also in life, where. Uh, the body is um, receptive to having things happen to it so that you're affected by, by other people and by events and, and even just ambience and wind and breeze and, 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 and temperature and so on affects your body when you're, not like, when you're not like, ready, ready, here I go. But, you're, but you're, uh, there's a relaxed state in the body, you know, and... There's a readiness, but it's not a. It's not a. What is it? Supercharged. Cortisol charged. Yeah. 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 That. Yeah. That. Well, thank you guys so much for doing that. That was a real treat. That, that was, was incredible. I feel like we should that, pay them. Yeah. That <laughs> was like. No, literally, I do. I feel like that was a full on. That was a very real session. Hey, Ariel. Hey, Sterling. Wow, with that big laugh, your teeth are so straight right now. Do you use Candid? Oh, my God. Are they not normally so straight? They seem super straight. I'm just wondering. I love showing off my smile. 
No, Candid's amazing. These aligners can help you straighten your teeth faster than traditional braces. And it only takes about like six months on average. That's awesome. And an experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan. Then they show you a 3D preview so you can see exactly how your teeth will look after you're done. And then they ship your liners directly to you so there's no hassle of going to the orthodontist office. And get this, can it cost 65% less than braces? That's so cool. The best part, in my opinion, of Candid is with each aligner purchased, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe. I mean, it's... Very exciting that anyone can be photo ready with a photo ready smile by the holidays. Very exciting. So exciting. You just have to go to candidco.com slash spiritualgasm and use code spiritualgasm to get $75 off. $75 off. That's candidco.com slash spiritualgasm code spiritualgasm for $75 off. Candidco.com slash spiritualgasm code spiritualgasm. Hey, Ariel. Hey, Sterling. I know you're busy working all the time, but sometimes you have some downtime, right? Doesn't mean I don't fantasize. What? That really took a turn. I was going to ask you about something else, but now that you said it, what do you mean fantasize? Are you looking to spice up things in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about your surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or an adult movie? Well, here's your offer. You won't be able to resist. Select almost any one item for 50% off and the Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff for you. Enter offer code GASM at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item for who knows? And six free spicy movies. Oh my God. Plus free shipping. That's GASM, G A S M, GASM at adamandeve.com. You must have just GASMed because you're really excited. I just had some coffee. S-Factor is something that is, st- I mean, I know like 10 years ago. When did it start? Like when well, did I it started, like, I, started I mean, Oprah. 18 years ago. That was 18 years yeah. ago? Oh my God. Yeah. And okay. it, it launched the whole pull fitness thing in the world, the whole craze. And but what S-Factor She started always, the whole thing. Yeah. What S-Factor always was, was actually feminine empowerment through the erotic, reclaiming the erotic right. and reclaiming the emotional. Right. And so there, uh, it's it's become this extraordinary journey into understanding who this body is that I live in. And Richard was talking about the, the body, and that was really beautifully said because we are constantly living in this uh, this this kind of forcing the body up here into hyperdrive so that the cortisol levels are constantly going off, and our bodies get into a fight flight kind of thing constantly, which is where you have been stuck, which you're unsticking. We just witnessed you start to unstick it, which is that feeling you have, which is, huh, you don't need the cortisol. You don't need that fight or flight to get what you want. And so you're going to... That's going to be incredibly hard to unprogram with me because that's how I walk into meetings. That's how I... I mean, what's funny is what you called out with that little shake, what you were talking about, the, the basketball player is what I do between like before takes. Like if I'm working on a show or something before they call, you know, as their, you know, roll speed sound, I, I 
shake, just kind of shake it off, right? Like kind of like stretch it out and then I go in. It's, it's, it's how I transfer almost. Um, so I should just start doing that more often. I guess, yeah. You know? No, I like the shake too. The, yeah, you should. You know, so you, know, you know, shake off whatever bullshit I'm carrying with me, my ego. Cause I am fully aware that I am ego driven. I live in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I'm a gay man. And like, I know that my ego is not out of control because I truly believe in playing with the ego. I don't think I can ever get rid of my ego. So I just believe it should be in a cage, but it should be brought out to be played with sometime. Yeah. And that's when I post like a shirtless pic or something <laughs> because I'll get the most likes on that. Um, but then I put the ego right back in and then I go back to like a heart driven yeah. lifestyle. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, um, but how do you go from that, having that, that hard drive of cortisol, that hard drive of hyper, hyper body push to trusting that, that you don't have to trusting that you're enough, trusting that in, in exhale, in flow, in relaxation and and I is your is your genius? I'm sorry. Is is yeah. that's that's where yeah, it is? That, <laughs> Isn't that, it funny? That, ironic on that line. That I'm is. like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It is, can't handle it. Can't handle it. it can't is, receive it. It is where your genius is. Your genius is in releasing that fight flight thing. Right. One yeah. one's genius. One's genius. She means got it. Yours, hers, mine, all of ours is in that pocket of complete flow of trust and relaxation and focus. And if you just look at a fucking, talk about jaguar, look at a jaguar hunting. There's no tension in that body. There's no fight flight. It's like, I'm going to get this little impala. And the body moves like eloquent and fluid and beautiful and in grace. But we, as a global community, are out of grace in our bodies. And do you think it's exiting more? I mean, with social media and everything that's like all of this, like, do you feel like grace is just flying Bye-bye. out of the body? See well, you there, later. There's, uh, there's, uh, one, I think one of the reasons why there's overreaction to, to so many things uh, currently, you know, social warriors attacking from the left and from the right, you know, the Roseanne thing and the Samantha mm. B thing and uh, so on and so forth is that people are reacting to black and white words. And they've grown up uh, socializing through uh, their phones and not understanding that words are the last bit of information that we probably use to process behavioral information, right? Yes. Words. Actually 7%. What is it? 7%. Okay, I didn't know the science of it, but I I just know. 55% is the body. But this is how I know that, because I used to see plays. 55% is the body. I just want... Like 55%. I want that to land. And then there's inflection. Yeah, there's Those intonation three. and there's and, wow. and there's mm-hmm. meaning and there's also context. And you can't you, you can't have sarcasm without Mm-mm. context, right? So you've taken away the body and you've taken away inflection, so all you're left with is and, and, and also the context of the conversation from which this comment comes from. Right? And and if we're just writing stuff, we have our own content. We we're in our own conversations with ourselves and with what we read, and and it, you know everyone else isn't doesn't have that same context, and so uh, anyway we don't we're not this new generation this latest is not practiced in communicating with people and getting most of their information from uh, uh, communal interaction right it's all it's it's coming off of the phone. 
How many times have we been in a public space, whether it's a bus stop or a subway station or a beach, and everyone's got their heads, heads down on a phone. They're not even taking in the energy of the people around them. You know? Yeah, well, it's funny. I don't know, even in the old days on the subway, somebody would be finished, you know, reading the newspaper, and, and you finish with that section, and they would, you know, you'd share the newspaper. You can't yeah. ask for them for their phone. You can't even share the, that. You know? Their heads no, aren't that, even up. Even though that's such a small Sorry, sentence of a conversation, can I? are you done with that newspaper? It was still interaction. Yeah. It was an exchange of energy. You're paying exactly. attention. That then yeah. was carried on. It's exactly. eye contact. And, and an act of giving something. The other day I was leaving the beach and the guy in front of me started, parked his car and was running towards me. And I was like, uh-oh. And then he asked me to roll down my window. And he said, here, I paid for all day. Take it. And I was like, that is such a beautiful little gift he just gave me. He gave mm-hmm. me a free parking ticket all day. And I was like, and I absolutely am going to do that for the next person. And had he not done that for me, I probably wouldn't have thought about that. So that little exchange of energy definitely, I, I feel, goes a long way. And it's the simple things that mm-hmm. sometimes get, like, we jump over these days. But um, before we go, yeah. this has been so awesome, I, w- I want to, like, I want to ask... I want to get back to sex. <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Uh, I want to ask Richard, can I hijack this? Yeah. Richard, when do you feel most sexy? <laughs> when do I feel most sexy? When's the last time you're like, fuck, I feel really fucking sexy right now? I don't know. You're full of it. When do I <laughs> you're just being shy again. When do I feel that way? No, 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 you can't. You can't. There's no lifelines. This is for you. I I can't call a friend. Cannot call a friend. Um, When do I feel the most sexy? um, Well, it definitely has to do when when she and I are alone. When Sheila and I are alone and I'm about to fuck her. Yeah. That feels pretty sexy. Okay. When I, when I, when I, um, can I get specific like minutes before, or is it something that's like, well, it can easily be, um, a physical, um, move. Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, so, you know, I'll tell you when, when I'm, it's not, but it's not, see, it's not, everything is connected to me. It's not just, okay, I feel really sexy now. I, I don't relate to that. I don't understand that so much, but, but power is, is sex. And intimacy is also sexy. So there was a moment when I felt the most sexy with uh, was when I I grabbed her by the head. Oh, nice hair or head? By the face. Oh, and um, uh, and uh, demanded that she look me straight in the eyes. Whoa, that's hard. That's so hard. <laughs> I know. I know. You know. You don't realize the history of that or the context of that but that was a huge moment in our relationship and in our lives because of the context of, of where that came from i'm stealing that yeah, yeah i'm like it, we don't know the context so but hot. it's so hot right so it's hot. everyone Turn on. Yeah, everyone everyone <laughs> so so there was physical wow. resistance um i don't mean that there was a fight but there was a like uh, i don't want to do this and i and i compelled her compelled her it wasn't just holding her it was literally with whatever it was energy or the luck or whatever it was to stay in this and it wasn't a stare down it was just oh, st- painful. stay in this moment wow 
just stay in this moment. You're not getting out of this moment. So that was extraordinarily powerful because she did. And if she had said, I don't want to do this, uh, it wouldn't be so sexy. Um, But she, she... reacted to it and uh yeah that was pretty sexy great answer that was hot he might he he dropped the mic yeah drop the mic let's all go find boyfriends and girlfriends to fuck (laughs) (laughs) what were you gonna ask nope that's it thank you guys so much (laughs) for being on our show this has been an incredible show thank you thank you thank you all right bye y'all Spiritualgasm is executive produced by Ariel Kebel, that's me, Sterling Jones, that's him, and Sim Sarna. Associate producer is Daniela Silva. Edited by Matt Sasaki and music by Josh Cook and Alicia Eagle. Spiritualgasm is a Cloud 10 production and is powered by Simplecast.